everywhere you look, and I mean everywhere, is Unix. Or something inspired by Unix, or derived from Unix, or built on top of Unix, on your phones, on your servers, on your laptops, on your desktops. There is something Unix or Unix-ish everywhere. And that's crazy. It's almost obscene. The level of Unix that is just all around us. This, this of course, is the Lunduke Journal of Technology podcast for February 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2023. And right now, at the Lunduke Journal, we're right smack dab in the middle of BSD week. Well, we, we had a whole BSD week that officially ended today. But we want so much more BSD that we extended our BSD weakness into a BSD two weeks. Because there's, there's just so much history of BSD. There's so much currently happening in the world of BSD-ish operating systems that it's just, we, we can't fit it all. All the stuff that we want to explore and learn about into just one week. Heck, we can't even do it in two weeks, but we're going to try. And I want to pause right now right in the middle of all of this this maelstrom of BSD-ness. And I want to think back on Unix for a minute. Because BSD is what it is because of Unix, right? It, it Really, the Berkeley software distribution, it all started as nothing more than a little archive with a couple of applications in it that ran on Unix systems. That's all it was. A Pascal compiler and a little line text editor. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. It didn't even go out to that many people. The first person, the first release of BSD, what was it? Like 30, 40 people? I mean, that's nothing. You release a, a, a little archive with a somewhat functional line editor and a barely functional Pascal compiler because it was not... the That Pascal compiler, by the way, it had problems with software as it got more than like 200 lines of code in it. Not joking. If you did that today, it would be considered a massive failure. <laughs> but yet, that first release of BSD that a few only a few people used and by all accounts was as was was a buggy nightmare it went on to to launch one of the most successful endeavors in software and operating system history all built on top of unix i mean bsd didn't even have its own kernel until version 3 it was just it was just a, an archive with some pieces of software for Unix. But Unix was already so important by that point. It was already a pivotal operating system. And it only got more so as the years went on. I mean, look look at where we are now. Do you have an iPhone? You have at least some BSD and Unix-derived stuff on that iPhone. You may not have access to all of it, because Apple, I, I don't know, it doesn't like you to have fun, and so they don't let you access things. But it's there. 
Now, just to dispel various myths and rumors, that that little iOS that you're running, it's not BSD. It, the kernel is mock, and and the frameworks that sit on top of it were derived and f- branched from the next step open step frameworks. That's what what they call Cocoa and and everything else. But there is a significant amount of user land on those systems that comes from the BSD world. Originally, in the next step open step world, that was directly from BSD itself. I believe BSD four point three. Nowadays. It pulls it from FreeBSD. But that lineage is all the same. It still pulls those user land tools and whatnot in from the BSD side of things. And the same is true with macOS. In fact, more so with macOS. There's more of that FreeBSD user land. The system itself, it, it doesn't have a whole lot in common with BSD. No, 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 not necessarily. But it has a lot of those BSD user land uh, applications in there because it is a POSIX compliant system and it's easy to bring those applications on board and it, and it works out pretty well that way. And if you look over to Android systems, those Android phones are running Linux underneath. Now, to be fair, Linux is not Unix. It, not at all. But we wouldn't have Linux as we currently have it were it not for Unix. In fact, Linux really became extraordinarily popular because of a large collection of utilities, of free software utilities that got ported to it because of things like the GNU project. And I know I just said it in the way that I don't like saying it because it should say new project. But I uh, every now and then Stallman gets in my brain and he, he said he whispers, Brian, Brian, say it GNU, Brian. And I did it just now. And uh, I hope he didn't hear that anyway. But the whole point of the GNU project <laughs> did it again was to make a free Unix. Richard Stallman proclaimed that. In his original announcement, his manifesto, free Unix. That was the whole point. Was to take applications that shipped in Unix and create free software, open source, free software analogs to those applications. Everything from text editors and Emacs. Emacs used to be a, a commercial uh, application um, before before the, the Richard Stallman GNU uh, uh, free software implementation of it. E- everything. And all of that came over to the Linux side of things. And even some of it, it finds its way into, into modern Android and Chrome OS systems. Those are Unixy tools. And, and and systems and design patterns and the like that that existed because of a desire to have compatibility with Unix systems. And you you look over at at, at Windows. Windows nowadays has their Linux subsystem on top of everything else. And they've always pushed for a certain level of compatibility, certain level of compatibility, mind you. That's a whole deep rabbit hole of discussion with Unix systems. But meaning you can run Linux-based systems, you know, right there semi-natively on a a Windows machine nowadays. Again, more of that influence from the Unixiness. 
and across the world there are there are servers and routers and the like that are running various operating systems from FreeBSD to OpenBSD. The OpenBSD side of things, the OpenBSD project, gives us things like you know SSL and SSH. It's amazing. And even Microsoft, before they got into the Windows game, they were in the Unix business, Xenix. At one time, Microsoft bragged about being one of the largest distributors of AT&T Unix. It's really true. Everywhere you look, it's hard to throw a rock without hitting the something that is either distinctly Unix, based on Unix, or derived from Unix in some way. How amazing is that? I mean, we're talking well over 40 years now of monumental impact and influence on the entire world of computing, from servers to desktops to embedded systems to mobile devices, everything. I can't think of a single thing, not a, not a hardware platform, not a piece of software, nothing, that has had that level of influence across the entirety of computing. I mean, even when you look at, at computer hardware and even things as fundamental as the way memory is allocated and the way processors are designed, things fundamentally changed radically throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s to an intense degree. But Unix, Unix which started over on the PDP-11 and BSD... And, and whatnot, it brought it over to the VAX, and Unix found its way to a couple other hardware platforms. There was, there was Motorola 68K machines running Unix and, and variations therein. And then Unix came over to the, the x86 platforms with the 8088 and 8086-based Unix systems. There's a couple of them in the early 80s. It's kind of amazing. It was kind of an amazing time. And and as, as the years went on, that influence never went away. DOS, CPM, the Amiga OS and Workbench, um, ProDOS over on the Apple side of things, the GS OS, the original classic Macintosh operating system, the multiple types and styles of windows from the old original kernels the through the 3.x series the 95 series and everything os2 there was there there are literally you could fill a graveyard with operating systems that didn't just die they were they were murdered <laughs> and and put to rest and then ignored by the people who created them all in the same time where Unix just kept on chugging, ported to more systems, influencing more systems, some of which then later died, and yet Unix is still going. Now, nowadays, nowadays the Unix world is a little bit different. 
You don't have the Unix workstations like you had in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, where you had, you know, Solaris and HPUX and, and all these different amazing machines that were either distinctly Unix or BSD variants. That's kind of waned a bit. But just the same, just the same, you can still see that influence across everything. That's amazing. That is amazing. The staying power there is just remarkable. Could you imagine being one of those, those brilliant men that created Unix, walking around and noticing that operating system, oh, and that operating system and those devices over there that are all running variants of the software that they created <laughs> like 50 or more years ago. Wild. Absolutely wild. I mean, shoot. That is, that is insane. How does that, how's that got to feel? When the world of computing is changes so fundamentally and so radically, the user interface designs, the hardware types and styles, the battery lives, the capabilities, the way people interact with things, the general workflow, it has all changed so utterly and fundamentally, the rise and fall of multiple different types of computer networks, and yet Unix is there through it all. I'm absolutely blown away. I mean, this is nothing new. This isn't some sort of new revelation that, that I'm the first person to have had. Far from it. I think, I think many of us have marveled at the staying power and the pervasiveness, for lack of a better word, because I can't come up with a better word, of Unix over the years. But I think it's worth stopping and thinking about and marveling on every now and then. And this feels like as good a time as any. Because, wow. And that makes you wonder, here we are in 2023. The whole world has fundamentally changed. The way computers work is so dramatically different than it was, say, in the late 70s. I was, I was born during the Jimmy Carter administration. The computers during the Jimmy Carter administration wildly different than the computing of today. Both in form factor, hardware style, capabilities, portability, all of it. But yet, there's still Unix from then to now. That is the common thread. How, how much farther... Are we going to go where we still feel that massive, massive influence of Unix? Will the world of computing 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now still be feeling Unix-y? I mean, statistically, when you think about it, that shouldn't be possible. When you look at all that has changed throughout technology and computing over the last 50 years... The, the, the mere idea that computers in the year 2073 would be in some way Unixy is asinine. And yet, 
And yet, I think it's distinctly possible. Think about this. It's 2073. You turn on your computing device, whatever the heck that is, ocular brain implants, hollow projected display, I don't know what. And then you launch VI. (laughs) And and can't figure out how to get out of it. (laughs) Will people, will our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, will they get stuck in VI just like we did? Well, the longer time goes on, it both seems preposterous that it could go on any longer, and yet uh, it kind of seems inevitable that it's going to keep going on because it hasn't hasn't gone away yet. <laughs> oh man, I would love I would love to think that in the year twenty seventy three, people are popping open a a bash-derived shell, or a seashell-derived shell, launching VI to edit some to some Xorg configuration. Sorry, Wayland, you'll, you'll go by the wayside and X will stay around forever. You know it's true. I love that idea. Like, that, that idea makes me both sad and, and delightfully happy. It's a very weird mix of emotions. So anyway, today, today on this fine day, raise a glass, raise a toast to all that is Unix, and to all those lovely Unix and BSD guys and some gals that have made all of this possible, that have kept the Unixiness going that have built new things that were clearly inspired by or direct forks of or just re-implementations of all those original Unix tools because they laid the groundwork for it it seems like the bulk of computing nowadays and they laid it all (laughs) at least many of them before Jimmy Carter was president wild absolutely wild and with that ladies and gentlemen thank you for hanging out with me i hope you get to do something wildly and wonderfully nerdy today and with with that sentiment with that declaration i do declare end podcast